0: Back to back NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers is going to make a decision soon, and it's why it's likely he'll end his career wearing a Green Bay Packers uniform. Which prospects can pump up their NFL draft stock at the scouting combine this week in Indianapolis? Tom Brady isn't the only one calling it quits in Tampa Bay, and how the Saints continue to be aggressive despite a second offseason salary cap prison. All that more on today's episode of Locked On NFL Podcast.
1: You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast, part of
0: the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fire it up and welcome into another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, so you've got me, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals, joined by local experts on the biggest stories around the NFL. Thanks for making the Locked On NFL podcast your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed for great daily offseason content. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at Locked on Networks and at Bob Brack to follow me, Bob Brock, for great Cardinals insight. Continuing to kind of hold the NFL headlines hostage, back-to-back MVP Aaron Rodgers back in the news, according to Diane Russini, ESPN's Aaron Rodgers informing the Packers of his decision soon. There are multiple teams with offers on the table, according to Russini. Nothing can happen until the Packers allow a trade. A little interesting, we're going to bring on Peter Bukowski, Locked On Packers, of course, Locked On today. Follow him on Twitter, at Peter underscore Bukowski. And Peter, it just kind of seems to me, just following the tea leaves, that Aaron Rodgers is kind of moving towards finishing his career as a Green Bay Packer.
2: It it does seem that way. Uh, I'm not a big tea drinker, but I have to say <laughs> in this business, you have to be a big tea leaf reader. Um, and and I came to the same conclusion you did. And and I know that what's interesting, right, is that you have Aaron Rodgers who goes on Pat McAfee's show on Tuesday and says no decision, but then speaks glowingly about the organization. A couple of days later, this report comes out, as you mentioned, Diana Rossini from ESPN and Rodgers texts Pat McAfee that it is categorically false, or at least that's the word that, that Pat McAfee uses in terms of what Rodgers is describing here. And, and maybe that's a reference to wanting to be the highest paid player in the league. But here's what this comes down to, Bo. The Packers have to do an extension with Aaron Rodgers. They just have to. He's not going to play on a cap number or over $40 million for the Green Bay Packers in 2022. It was never going to happen when they renegotiated the deal last August or July. Th- that was the assumption. Is It's trade or its extension those are the only two options well the packers are going to give him a top of market extension that's just how this works that's how the nflpa by the way wants it to work um, and and so yeah he's going to get 45 46 47 million dollars the question is could he take less would he take less and who is driving that part of it is is it rodgers or is it not and and i think for the packers purposes it's also can he sign that extension? Can he do that deal and still leave them room to do the other things that they need to do? That is the question that faces Green Bay right now.
0: Yeah, and I thought you made an excellent point on, on your Twitter account that they brought back Tom Clements, uh, you know, longtime quarterbacks coach there. He was in Arizona for a cup of coffee a season ago, and then he's been uh, kind of just in retirement. I, I can't imagine, to your point, like he's not going to come out of retirement to, to coach Jordan Love.
2: You wouldn't think, although he he came out of retirement to coach Keller Murray, uh, which is yeah. an interesting wrinkle in all of this. and and he did not have any previous uh, relationship, I don't think, with Clings, with Cliff Kingsbury that I mm-hmm. knew of anyway. But what's interesting is if you look actually over the last um, decade and a half of his career, he was hired. Coaches that didn't necessarily have a connection to him, but they were all first time head coaches. Matt LaFleur, not a first time head coach. You have to imagine that this was done with the sign off at the very least of Aaron Rodgers. Actually, you don't have to imagine that, Bo. Brian Gudekinst said as much. The Packers GM speaking to media last week said it was, he was asked, was this done essentially to woo Aaron Rodgers? And he said, no, this was done in communication with Aaron Rodgers, that this was part of Rodgers being made a part of decisions that affect his job. That was what we heard from him in that famous press conference last July when he reports to training camp. He said, I want it to be part of decisions that affect my job. And so that's what this was. By the way, it only affects his job if it's his job. And the only way it's his job is if he's the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers in 2022.
0: NFL agent Burkhart, Kyler Murray's agent, uh, kind of spoke out on Twitter saying that Aaron Rodgers deserves 50 million per season. You talked about what that extension may look like. Uh, Absolutely, if there's a quarterback that's going to make half a hundred million dollars, it's going to be Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. But, you know, for Green Bay to go where they want to go, obviously fell short in the postseason after winning the NFC. Uh, that they, they need that cap number a lot smaller. What's a realistic number for Aaron Rodgers going forward?
2: Well, I can't imagine why Kyler Murray's agent would want a, a superstar quarterback to get the most amount of money. I just can't imagine why that would be the case. But um, I, I think, so what I have been saying is, Why don't they do two years, a hundred, but add three years, void years and do something like 80 million in guaranteed money in signing bonus, which allows you to spread that money out. And then he could count something like 25, 28, maybe 30 on the cap in 2022. He counted in the upper twenties and in 2021 on the cap, he can't count 40 plus it's just too much. And certainly can't if they want to franchise tag Devonte Adams. But I think what ends ends up happening is he gets a two year deal. That's really a five year deal with void years, much like uh Dak Prescott. He got a three year deal or a four year deal. That was really like a six or seven year deal with void years to spread out that money. And then you make it easier to get Devonte Adams back to keep Devandre Campbell, and bring back the core of this roster that was the number one seed
0: back-to-back the last two seasons in the NFC. $100 million can buy a lot of disgusting juice cleanses (laughs) like uh, old Aaron Rodgers is on. It's not a juice cleanse. It's a 12-day cleanse where laxatives are in play each and every evening. I I think whichever team gets Aaron Rodgers, that GM has to do the cleanse as well. What do you think? Well, how about how about it sounds like if, if that's going to happen, if it's not going to be the Packers, I think
2: Brian Gudikins is going to feel like he had to do the clients because he's <laughs> going to have to deal with whatever whatever they get from
0: not Aaron Rodgers after that. And and guess what? It's not going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers would be. No, it's not going to be. list Central listening all offseason long, especially as Rodgers uh, nears his decision, which apparently is coming soon. Peter Bukowski, and of course, locked on today. Thanks, Peter. Anytime. Can any of the trio of prospects in the running for the top pick in the 2022 NFL draft separate themselves from the pack as the consensus number one selection this week at the Scouting Combine in Indy? There might not be a consensus number one pick in the NFL draft, but there is one when it comes to the best tasting protein bar on the planet, I'm talking about Built Bar. Have you tried their puffs yet? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are a fan favorite. They include some include some incredible flavors: yummy, cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're so good, and these are going to be your new favorite. Their puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100 real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from 200 to 300 calories. Well, your built Bars look like this. Usually around 130 calories. 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of muscle-packing protein. Go to the website right now. Save yourself some cash. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built. Dot .com Thanks for making the Lockdown NFL podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you're following, subscribe to Lockdown NFL on YouTube. Lockdown experts covering the biggest stories around the league every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. Free and available wherever you get podcasts as well. It's happening this week. The NFL scouting combine going down in Indianapolis. It was a little touch and go there, but it is going to go down in Indy. 324 draft prospects invited to work out. 40-yard dash, bench press, vertical jumps, broad jumps, three-cone drill, 20-yard shuttle, 60-yard shuttle. Eric Crocker locked on NFL draft. He's locked in on this along with his co-host, Ryan Tracy and Eric, you know, three top prospects vying for the top spot in the 2022 NFL Draft. pass rushers, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, Bama tackle, Evan Neal. What's their status this week? And how can one of them kind of separate themselves from the pack as that top pick?
3: You know, I I think, you know, obviously, this, the status of those guys, we probably won't know until the next day or so, you know, if they're going to do on-field drills, things like that. But I think as far as kind of separating themselves, I think a couple of things there. One, two guys can really help themselves, and it's Aiden Hutchinson and Evan Neal. Now, Neal just showing that he is that kind of franchise-changing tackle because you have a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars at the top of the draft who, you know, they've taken Josh Allen over the last couple years at the edge rushing position, and he's been solid uh, they also have a guy like Chase Young, who isn't maybe a pure edge rusher, but can kind of be used in that role with a go edge to maybe have a booking guy, maybe. But if I'm them, I want to protect my franchise quarterback with a franchise-changing tackle, and I think a guy like Evan Neal can really separate himself from the rest of the pack if he goes out there and he just shows, hey, you know, I- I'm I'm an athletic freak. Obviously, the size there—he's going to measure in around at least six foot seven. I think he's listed at six eight uh, 350 plus pounds. So if he can show that he has elite movement ability as well, I think he's a guy that can really maybe solidify himself as a top guy in the draft. Uh, aside from that, when you look at Aiden Hutchinson or even Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, for Hutchinson, I think he can really change some things by maybe going out there and testing better than what people think. I think right now he's kind of pegged as a guy that does a lot of things very well, uh, but works more off of his motor if he can go out there and put some terrific testing numbers together and really show, like, hey, this is why I'm the guy, even if it's not a great 40-yard dash, but maybe like what we saw from Nick Bosa a couple of years back, a terrific 10-yard split, those type of things, I think that can solidify him as a top three, top four, top five pick as well.
0: A lot of people down on this quarterback class. You mentioned the signal callers there, but uh, everybody always wants to talk about the QBs. Do we expect Malik Willis to kind of continue to parlay his strong performance at the Senior Bowl in that week, the quarterback from Liberty, or to continue his rise? Or which quarterback has the most approved this week?
3: You know, I think one guy that probably rose the most during Super Bowl week was the guy that wasn't there, Matt Corral, you mm-hmm. know, and he, obviously he's coming off of an injury, ankle injury, doesn't seem like anything too crazy, maybe a high ankle sprain. But I think him coming in there, if he can crush some of the, you know, the interview process and then just show up, he might not be as physically as posing and posing as some of the other guys as far as height, weight, uh, things like, like that, but he has dynamic ability. He can let it rip. And if he just shows while being on the same field as those guys that he can, you know, grow with the best of them and also have that athletic ability that he has to add to his game and didn't get to see any ugly moments at the senior bowl. I think that's something that can really help him. And I think if there is a guy right now that you feel maybe the most comfortable picking in the top 10, it might be him just because of Mm. some of the unknown with seeing him in person.
0: You know, I think back to the 2019 draft process, the wide receivers in that class, why people passed on DK Metcalf. He had a lot to prove in the combine and he dazzled people, had an incredible combine performance. So did Nikhil Harry, who's had, you know, the opposite career of DK Metcalf. But both of those guys wowed everybody with their speed, with their strength. Who's which position group could probably have some guys to wow us the most? Who's going to just kind of show up and show out in Indy this week?
3: I think, you know, a lot of times when it comes to just the wow aspect of it, it's, you know, the 40-yard dash, how someone tests. And a lot of times that's coming from the cornerbacks or the receivers. And when you look at the receiver position, there are a couple guys who I think can really help their stock. One guy, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. You know, people are split. Is he the wide receiver one in this class? Or some people might not even have him as a first-round pick because they think, oh, he, well, he can't separate. Well, I know what he does when he does. He wins vertically and he wins very well, work vertically, and he can outrun defenses. If a guy like him measures in around six foot three, which he was listed at 230 pounds. If he can measure in at around six three or six two and a half, and be around two twenty five, two twenty eight, and run a blazing forty yard dash, which is possible. There's some people that think he might test in the four threes. If he does that, I think that'll be the wow moment of this class. And you know, there are people that have questions about his separation ability, but. At the receiver position, it's more so about how do you win? And we've seen a guy like Jamar Chase come out and have a lot of success as a rookie in the NFL, not being the pure route running, separating type guy, but still showing that explosive ability. I think a guy like Traylon Burks, he can really help himself. And then maybe on the other side of things at the cornerback position, guys that, you know, we haven't really seen a whole lot of uh, Derek Stingley Jr., a guy mm-hmm. who, who excelled as a rookie, was lights out uh, as a freshman at LSU. Haven't seen much of him since then, in and out of the lineup, different injuries, things like that. They gave him the number seven. And, you know, if you get that Mm -hmm. number seven at LSU, you know, he started off wearing number 24, switched to number seven, that you're the guy. But he didn't even really play the whole year. Had injuries, ended up uh, opting out for the rest of the year. So, you know, how does he test? And does he help himself? Because I think right now he's living off a lot of, what he did as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Can he go out there? Can he look smooth? Can he be explosive? Can he test extremely well? If he does, I think that'll really kind of be the wow moment because people are expecting a lot from him.
0: Yeah, I mean, think about that number seven, Tyron Matthew, Patrick Peterson, Tredavious White. I mean, uh, who's who of NFL corners wore that number seven and uh, he's got a lot to kind of back up. Absolutely right. It's a mock draft Monday on the On NFL draft with Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy. I got to ask you, uh, maybe have the audience wanting more here. But did you guys have a quarterback in the top ten this week?
3: We did have one guy that went in the top ten, and again, it was it was kind of hard trying to decipher. You talked about Malik Willis, some of his abilities. I think a lot of maybe some of the inconsistencies in this game, but he has mm-hmm. the high upside. Is the team going to maybe bank on that? Uh, we had to decide with that. Kenny Pickett, he feels like a top ten guy. They're saying he has small hands. Can he potentially be a top ten guy? You know, and even some of these other guys that might creep up late or a Matt Corral. So we do have one guy, but I'm going to let everyone kind of uh, listen in and see who that guy is for us.
0: Absolutely. Wherever you find podcasts free across all platforms, the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast with Eric Crocker. Of course, follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker, Big Crocky, and of course, Ryan Tracy. And they're on YouTube. Subscribe to the Lockdown NFL Draft channel for great content coming your way all week long as the Combine goes down. And of course, Mock Draft Monday, which quarterback snuck his way into the top 10 this week for Eric and Ryan. Eric, always great to catch up with you, man. Enjoy the Combine.
3: All right. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. The Saints
0: continue to dig out of cap prison and why Michael Thomas with his restructure signs it. The receiver is not going anywhere. And how close was Sean McVay to leaving the sidelines for the broadcast booth? I always love to tell you about betonline.net. Look, football season might be in the rearview mirror. Free agency nearly upon us yet. Scouting combine week and uh, it's always exciting. But it's college hoops and pro hoops in full steam. From the latest odds totals, player performance props, BetOnline.net is your one spot for all your sporting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just hoops. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, and it's got all the coverage and information that you want. Head over to the website today. Use your cell. Learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's Bo Brock hanging out with you on a Monday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen each and every day. New Orleans Saints, who started this offseason in a little bit of cap hell, for lack of a better phrase, but then they continue to be the Houdini, the David Copperfield, David Blaine, (laughs) name your goat magician. That's what they're doing as far as the NFL salary cap goes. Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints, and of course, Tuesday's lockdown NFL co host. He joins us here. And, Ross, you know, how much space were the Saints able to kind of create by restructuring a trio of contracts this weekend?
1: Yeah, so they started off this offseason at over $76 million over the salary cap. They end up restructuring three deals, Michael Thomas, Ryan Ramchick, and just Pete. And now they end up with those three restructures, saving $34 million at that point. So nearly cutting their deficit in half with just those three moves. Remember, before the offseason began, they had $101 million they could create based off of simple restructures only. And uh, they're beginning that process now here ahead of their time at the combine, which is about the hits the timeline that we expected.
0: Uh, You're a great follow on Twitter at Ross Jackson, no law. And I thought you pointed it out correctly. Michael Thomas, him restructuring Mm -hmm. his deal. That really only points to him wearing a Saints uniform next season. Am, Am I right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's part of what we had heard during the Senior Bowl as well as during the Super Bowl as well, Both you and I both in Los Angeles covering the Super Bowl that week during radio, uh, radio Row. And one of the things that a lot of folks were talking about and that we heard a ton of was that Michael Thomas was going to be back in New Orleans in 2022 and there was no intent from the team or the player to be traded at all. And this restructure helps to not only solidify that in terms of what we heard for 2022, but it also kind of looks like it helps a little bit with them keeping around in 2023 as well, just based upon what some of these numbers end up trickling down a couple of void years added as the New Orleans Saints so often do on those contracts.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'd love to see Michael Thomas back there on the field, one of the league's best receivers. And I felt like we were kind of uh, denied seeing him play in 2021. Who's going to be throwing them the football? It seems like if you're going to do all this heavy lifting to get to, uh, you know, a neutral number as far as the cap goes. Cam Jordan was joking recently recruiting several quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. But is it still Jameis Winston's team potentially in 2022?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that fits the mold of what the New Orleans Saints have done so far this offseason. They elevated their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, up to head coach and then to fill that defensive coordinator spot they promoted two positional coaches in Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard, former college teammates actually, believe it or not, uh, to their co-defensive coordinator position and then they retained Pete Carmichael as their offensive coordinator now just handing him effectively the full-time play-calling duties now that Sean Payton is, uh, has stepped away from the team. So their whole intent, their whole sort of MO this offseason has been continuity cohesion and if that's the case then Jameis Winston is one that makes the most sense there in their system last year he started off well five and two record over his seven starts one of which was of course closed out by Trevor Simeon against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but he ended up throwing a 14 to three interception ratio and for somebody who's decision making and turnover sort of prowess I guess you can say being his biggest question marks he started off looking really well in New Orleans and I think that they'd love to have him back.
0: It's really interesting when we have these salary cap discussions and you start to try to forecast the offseason, Ross. You know, obviously I'm the Cardinals host, co-host on a daily basis. And, you know, they're just they're under the, they're they're just over the cap in what's mm-hmm. projected going into the new league year and free agency. And a lot of people on social media want to say, well, they, they don't have the money to spend. And it's just funny, Aaron Freeman from Lockdown Falcons always jokes the cap is a myth, but yep. they, they do, like every team has a capologist. Uh, they've got somebody that they're, they're, their single job is to maneuver this salary cap. And it's really just kind of fascinating. Like you see the initial number and you kind of get put off by it. Mm-hmm. But all these teams, like, Teams even in the Saints position can spend money this offseason. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the
1: Saints capologist, uh, Kai Harley, who is uh, somebody that has been with the team for 14 seasons, actually, uh, and over the course of the last couple of seasons has put together some incredible work. I mean, you've seen the way that they were able to build around Drew Brees to try to make sure that they, you know, maximize his final years, the way that they built around to stay competitive last year, despite the fact they entered the offseason over $111 million over the salary cap, <laughs> had to make some severe cuts there because of like some actual cuts there guys like Emmanuel Sanders, uh, you know, not bringing back guys like Janoris Jenkins, for instance. Those were connected to the cap because of the fact that the cap dipped for the first time in forever because of the COVID season and and, and you know the, the the pandemic and everything that came along with all of that. And so when you look at what he has done, Kai Harley, throughout that offseason and now going into this offseason, in a situation to where they you know could have lost a ton of players and could potentially have lost a couple a, a ton of players coming into this offseason, they'll be able to get under the salary cap without losing a single player. And and they might make some decisions that end up leading to players being cut. I point out Bradley Roby, for instance, who's mm. you know due over $10 million this season, but he's going to be on the field maybe 30% of the time. So mm. how much of that is actually a cap casualty, quote unquote, versus how yeah. much of it is his uh, price tag being too high for what, role he would play with New Orleans, especially with that number being non-guaranteed completely at this point. So he's done a great job, as has uh, general manager Mickey Loomis, and New Orleans Saints continue to maneuver the salary cap until either they can't anymore, which I don't see that coming anytime soon, or the NFL does something about it. I don't see that happening either.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. It's like Kevin Durant up there at the day is accepting his MVP award. He's like, no, you, you the real MVP. right? And you know it makes Lockdown Saints a lot more interesting instead of You know, Ross Jackson getting on the show every day and saying, we're cat broke. We can't make any moves at this point. So, and it makes it essential listening. Make sure you're tuning in to Lockdown Saints on a daily basis. And check out Ross Jackson, Luke Braun tomorrow on Tuesday edition of Lockdown NFL. Thanks, Ross. Hey, absolutely. Anytime, buddy. Couple news and notes before we get out of here Tom Brady's not the only buccaneer retiring from football this offseason Tampa Bay left guard Ali Marpet announced on Instagram Sunday that he is retiring in a post he said quote I'm eternally grateful. Thank you, Tampa Bay. 28-year-old was a seven-year starter in Tampa and was recently named to his first Pro Bowl. ESPN is reporting that he retired due to health concerns. Marpet was a key member of the Bucks Super Bowl 55 championship team. Also, the NFL's competition committee is set to meet in Indy this week during the scouting combine to discuss several subjects, including a possible rule change that was a hot topic during the 2021 playoffs, I'm talking about the overtime rules rich mckay chairman of the nfl's competition committee said on sunday there's no question that proposed changes to overtime will be brought up that's via nfl network mckay said he expects some overtime proposals related to the playoffs only while others can include the regular season. The Indianapolis Colts have submitted a proposal to guarantee each team an OT possession. If approved, the rule change could apply to both the regular season and the playoffs. An LA Rams Super Bowl winning head coach Sean McVay reportedly is turning down a $100 million deal to leave the sidelines for the broadcast booth. McVay not pursuing any television opportunities and is committed to helping the LA Rams defend their Super Bowl title. That's what he tells ESPN's Adam Schefter. The New York Post cited sources reporting on Friday that McVeigh was set to meet with Amazon next week, with Amazon possibly willing to offer him all that cash for five years, $100 million dollars. Amazon will stream Thursday Night Football exclusively on Prime Video starting this fall. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock. Make sure you're following along for great Cardinals insight and NFL insight at Bob Brock. Of course, for great daily content you're following at Locked On Networks. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube page as well. We've got great videos coming at you several times a day, including tomorrow's episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Your co hosts Ross Jackson, Luke Braun, they've got you covered with the latest news breaking around the NFL. Have a great rest of your Monday. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next Monday, right here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and Eric Crocker, who you just heard, They bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts.